God. We've been doing this series on the family of God. More, more specifically, the title has been Family Matters. Amen. Family Matters. And every month we have a different, um, a different little theme that connects us throughout. And so for the month of February, the theme has been seen. Amen. And I'm so thankful that when you enter the family of God, amen, God does not shy away from our sins. He does not shy away from what's wrong. He doesn't try to hide it or ask us to put it in the back burner or lock it in the closet. He says, come on, let's deal with it. Amen. And so when I use the term DNA, I'm talking about the DNA. I'm talking about the genes. I'm talking about uh, the, 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 the likeness of God. I'm talking about what it means to belong to him and be like him. Amen. You know how, to, how a, a saying is that the a chip off the old block or an apple don't fall far from the tree. Amen. amen. When God is your father, amen, you're supposed to have qualities that's like him. Amen. amen. And so when I say DNA, I'm talking about godly DNA. I'm talking about Jesus DNA. Looking and walking and talking and acting. And sounding and loving like Jesus, being like him. Amen. And so I want to start, amen, I want to start with, I know you all probably saw it on the screen. Um, and you don't have to go back, Brother Marcus, but Proverbs 13 and 24. And the word says, if you don't punish your children, you don't love them. If you do love them, you will correct them. Amen. That's in the word now. That's Proverbs 13 and 24. If you don't punish, you know some folks out there that don't spank their children. Amen. Amen. They don't spank them. Right? Proverbs 13 and 24 say if you don't punish your children, you don't love them. If you do love them, you will correct them. And so when I'm talking about family matters, when I'm when I'm talking about DNA, when I'm talking about God being our father. You know, we love the things that God the Father can do for us. Amen. But when we get to that part where, where Daddy has to tighten us up a little bit. Amen. When he, when, when he has to pull out the belt a little bit or even threaten us with the belt. Amen. Then, you you know, we kind of say, how why would a loving God allow? Why would a loving God do A, B, and C? Amen. And so I just want you to know that. Every person in the family of God has a common trait. And that is that they have come in contact with and accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior. In order to be a part of the family of God, in order to have godly DNA, amen, that means you have come in contact with Jesus. And if you know anything about Jesus, Jesus suffered. Amen. Jesus said, yes, Lord, yes, to your will and to your ways. And he was so serious about following his father in heaven that he followed that thing all the way to the cross even 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 if it cost him his life even if it cost him a beating he followed him all the way to the cross and so the whole idea today is we're talking about being born again we're talking about how we become new creatures how our design changes when we come in contact with jesus Right. When we come in contact with Jesus, we go from being just sinners to sinners saved by grace. When you come in contact with Jesus, your sins just don't go away. Right. Right. Jesus saves you from your sins. 
And so a lot of times when people get saved, they start to act like they always been like that. You ain't always been like that. As a matter of fact, you still ain't all the way right. You still ain't all the way right. But because you in the family of God, that Jesus DNA kicks in sometimes in grace and mercy and in the desire to be better, even though I'm not where I want to be, the desire to be better kicks in. And so that's what we're talking about today. This new identity, this, this, this being a part of the family of God, it changes how we look. And more of the Father begins to show. So if you say you're a Christian today, amen, but more of the Father is not showing, amen, something is off. More of the like, you might not be, right? You might not be where you where you supposed to be. You know, I, I think about my father, and when I was younger, Amen. I tried my best not to be like, right? I tried my best, right? Because I wanted my own identity, right? And then growing up in my family, where everybody know your grandmama, everybody know your auntie, and I'm the youngest. Everybody knows my sister. I had my math teacher Texas. She she was Chinese, and she she had this accent. I'm sitting in geometry class, and she said, "You're not smart, like maybe your sister. You don't do your homework, like maybe your she. I mean." I want like I wanted my own identity, right? And I and I and and when you get probably in your teens and in your twenties, you think you just out here making all these decisions and these choices, and you your own person, right? And then by the time you get into your thirties a little bit, you realize, man, I'm just like my dad. I'm just like my mama. I like I, I do the same things that they do. And so you don't always start out right there, but the closer like. The more you mature, that DNA starts to show up. And it's the same thing in Jesus. The longer you're around him, you should start to act more and more like him, even if you're not where you want to be. Even if you're not where you want to be, that new identity, identity should start to change how you look. And more of the Father should begin to show. And so a part of, of God making us look like him is his correction. A part of, of, of him making us look more like him is his correction. So when you think about Jesus and you think about Jesus getting on the cross and you think about John 3.16 and, and the scripture saying that God so loved the world, like that is, that is the ultimate event. That is the ultimate thing to prove how much God the Father loves us that I would give my only son for you. And so when you think about this, the suffering that Jesus went through, one of the ways that God makes us more like him is his correction. And so I want to read to you all, and y'all can stay seated. I want to read to you all Hebrews 12, 5 through 8. It says, have you forgotten the encouraging words which God speaks to you as his children? My child, pay attention when the Lord corrects you. And do not be discouraged when he rebukes you. And that word rebuke means he tries to turn you around. Don't be discouraged. Like when you when you out there trying to do stuff your own way and, and, and stuff don't it ain't it ain't falling in line and it's not going right. That's not the time to get discouraged and give up on God. That's the time to, to evaluate whether what you're doing is of him or not. And a lot of times, the, the very reason that things are not working out, the very reason that we're facing trials and tribulation and opposition 
is because God is rebuking us and saying, don't do that. And the reason that he's saying, don't do that, or he's allowing these things to happen is because he wants us to be more like him and listen to ourselves. That sixth verse says, because the Lord corrects, because the Lord corrects everyone he loves, the Lord corrects everyone he loves. I used to be in the classroom and and I would get onto my students and I would, you know, I, I would just. I would talk to them in a way, you know, when you're in certain schools, you could talk to children differently than when you went to other schools. But I could talk to them in a way. I could talk to them in a way that I could say something rough to them, but at the end of the conversation, they like, this man loved me. And that's how God does us. Like, sometimes, even when he's saying something that's like, Oh, God, that hurt. We should walk away from the conversation feeling like he loves me because that sixth verse says he corrects everyone he loves. I used to tell those kids, like, you know, they would say, Mr. Johnson, every day we come here, we don't never get no free day. You almost, you always make us do work. I say, if you go in that teacher classroom and they just sit there and let you get on your phone, what does that mean? That mean they don't care. That mean they don't care. And it's the same thing in the world. If God would just sit back and let us do whatever we wanted, that means he doesn't care. But because he loves us, he corrects us. And then after the little comma, it says, and he punishes. Mm -hmm. And he punishes one, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a child. It says, endure what you suffer as being a father's punishment. Your suffering shows that God is treating you as his children. Was there ever a child who was not punished by his father? Amen. Amen. And I read that and I say, okay, God, now, how are you going to help me explain that to somebody that don't know their daddy? Right? How are you going to help me explain that to somebody that don't know their daddy that didn't have a daddy there to correct them? And then he said, they need to go back and listen to that one uh, teacher Tony spoke. Our Father. He's been there for the beginning. And the other thing I thought about, you know, I don't know, all these classroom stories coming. There were so many times where I had children in my classroom who did not know their father. Right? They did not know their father. And I was able to to step in and and be that person or correct them. And, And I was just thinking, like, you know, God always has somebody there to do. Amen. What somebody else dropped the ball with. He always has somebody else there. Even if he make your mama do the role until somebody else can fill in. But he was an uncle or a cousin. But God never, he never leaves us. That eighth verse says, if you are not punished as all his children are, it means you are not real children, but bastards. Amen. Amen. So today I want to talk to you because we've been in Matthew 5. I want to continue to to work through Matthew, but I want to talk to you about the law on today. I want to talk to you about the law. I want to talk to you about what it means to belong to Jesus, about him correcting us, about us just looking like him, walking like him, talking like him. And so I'm in Matthew 5, and I want you to know that the law points to God. When I read out of this Bible, you read certain things in this Bible that says, 
don't do this or don't do that. So many times we focus on what God is telling us not to do. We don't realize the reason that he's telling us that. Like when he say don't do that, it's not so much that if if you make this one little mistake, he's going to get you. That's not the point. It's just like if I tell you like, yes, you can live if you put your hand on the iron. But if I tell you not to do it, it's for a reason. Just because you can live and get go on with your life after you burn your hand, that's not the point. Some people think you ain't got to do all that. That's not the point. Stop thinking about all the things that you can't do and start thinking about the thing that God is trying to get you to gain from your obedience. Hallelujah. The law points to God. So I don't want you to consider everything that has happened to you as punishment because I know somebody was going to start thinking that. You talking about God punishing us? So you mean when I lost my mama? So you mean when I when this happened? You mean when I went through this abuse that was a punishment? No, that's sin, y'all. <laughs> right? That's sin and that's life. The wages of sin is death. We all going to die one day. You know, some some people it's cancer. Some people they they get to lay in the bed to their ninety. Some people it's a car accident. Some people it's HIV AIDS. Some people it's murder. We all gonna die. Not trying to minimize anybody's pain. We all gonna die. So you can't look at that as punishment, right? Especially when we serve a God who can raise from the dead. So death is not the end of the story. That's not a punishment. Punishment is. Them day-to-day corrections. Punishment is that, that that feeling like God has got to be more to this. God, why you why you why am I in this relationship and, and it's not working out? Why won't you give me this? It's that yearning, that desire for something more. It's the feeling of having a void in your life. That's God withholding stuff from you that He knows if you get it, you ain't gonna turn to Him. You're gonna turn it into an idol. So I don't want you to I don't want you to focus on everything that happens to you as God punishes you or trying to get your attention. I want you to reflect on the last two testimonies of your sisters that spoke in this church. And it's when so for the people that weren't here, the common thing was God was always there and He always showed Himself as Father. He always showed Himself as Father, even through the hurt. Even through the hurt, he always shows himself as father. And so I need y'all to understand there's a difference between the law of sin. The wages of sin is death. There's a difference between walking in sin and suffering the consequences of your sin and the trials and tribulations you go through because you are a part of the family of God. Right? I, I live a great life. Does that mean nothing happens to me? I lost my grandmother last year. So does that mean I'm supposed to turn and say, God, where were you? And start questioning him. Right? I go through things with my children. Does that mean God has given up on me? Right? Sometimes the money get tight. Does that mean that God has given up on me? No, it's a difference between that type of suffering. That's God building your endurance. That's God building your faith and God building your trust. It's a difference between that type of suffering and you out here sleeping around and now you got an STD. God didn't do that to you to teach you a lesson. You did that to yourself. 
He didn't do that to you to teach you no lesson. You did that to yourself. He didn't make you go out there and do that. You go and rob a bank and now you going to jail. Right. God didn't do he not punishing. You did that to yourself. Amen. And so Matthew 5, 17 through 20, it says, do not think that I have come to do away with the law of Moses and the teachings of the prophets. I have not come to do away with them, but to make their teachings come true. Read that again, y'all. Do not think that I have come to do away. This is Jesus talking. Do not think that I have come to do away with the law of Moses and the teaching of the prophet. I have not come to do away with them, but to make their teachings come true. Remember that the law points to God. And so I'm reading this to y'all because there's a lot of people who say you ain't got to do all of that. Right? There's a lot of people who try to exclude the stuff in the Old Testament. I'm just you, for example. This is the first thing that came to my mind. You know, the Old Testament talk about eating shrimp and crab and all that stuff. Right? And so by the time you, you know, that's outlawed in the Old Testament. But by the time you get to the New Testament, it's permissible. But Jesus just said, I didn't come to do away with the law. So which one is it? Some people would tell you that that's a contradiction in the Bible. How the Old Testament going to say, don't do it. And then the New Testament says you can do it. You got to think about why it was said. It's not because if you eat shrimp and lobster, you're going to go to hell. But if you eat a whole bunch of it, you might get high blood pressure and diabetes. Or if you soak it in butter. <laughs> right? So it's not that you can't eat it. It's not that it is. Yeah, I, hope, I hope this is making sense to y'all. Amen. Jesus is trying to make us more like him. So what's the lesson with the whole shrimp and thing? It's about moderation. It's about temperance. It's about balance. It's about not letting food control you. It's about not letting sex control you or alcohol or social media or whatever it is. It's about having balance. Jesus said, I didn't come to do away with the law. Laws and rules are in place for a reason. They're supposed to teach you and they're supposed to point you to me. Right? And the other thing that a bunch of laws do, it makes you realize just how incapable you are of following all of them. Right. How many of y'all go over 55 sometimes? What if God got you every time you went over 55? Right. There's so many laws out there. It lets you know how incapable you are of following all of the rules. And when you realize how incapable you are of following all of the rules, that lets you know that you in need of some grace and some mercy. Like, God, I went over 55. I need some grace and some mercy. And that's where Jesus steps in and fills up the gap and makes up the difference of what you can't do. And so that's why Jesus say, I'm not trying to get rid of it. I came to make it true. I still need y'all to know that some of this stuff makes sense. That it's not going to go away. But when, it, when you fall short, I need you to know where to come so that I can make up the difference. Jesus said, remember that as long as heaven and earth lasts, not the least point, nor the smallest detail of the law will be done away with until the end of all things. God said these things are going to remain in place until I come back. So then, whoever disobeys even the least important of the commandment, commandments and teaches others to do the same will be least in the kingdom of God. Y'all heard that? Whoever disobeys even the least important of the commandments 
and teaches others to do the same will be the least in the kingdom of heaven. On the other hand, whoever obeys the law and teaches others to do the same will be great in the kingdom of heaven. I'm trying to be great in the kingdom. That's why I'm preaching right now. Do I do everything right? No. But I'm trying my best. Do I do everything right? No. But I'm trying my best. And I'm going to try my best to let others know, y'all need to try to do what's right. Because if I said it didn't matter, or if I taught something other, if I if I taught y'all that it didn't matter, then I'm going to be least in the kingdom of heaven. Right? Jesus says, I tell you then that you will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven only if you are more faithful than the teachers of the law and the Pharisees in doing what God requires. He didn't say you had to be perfect. He said you had to be faithful. Let me read that again. He says, I tell you then that you will be able to enter the kingdom of heaven only if you are more faithful, not perfect, but more faithful than the teachers of the law. So what was happening is it was a whole bunch of people that was preaching and talking and walking around saying they was church folks, but they were not faithful to the law. You go back to that part in the in the Bible where they were getting on the man because he was trying to get his ox out the ditch on Sunday. And they said, you ain't supposed to be doing no work on Sunday. And Jesus was like, man, leave that man alone. That's his only ox. That's his way of living. That's his, that's his, right? So they were so intent on keeping the law that they weren't worried about showing love and that if this man ox died, then his whole family might die. And there's some people like that. They so they 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 so set on on rule following that they don't even understand the purpose of the rule in the first place. Amen. The purpose of the rule is to point you to God. The purpose of the rule is to let you know how how, how insufficient our strength is. Yes. And so I have a question down here, and the question is: Who is the judge of your faithfulness? Who is the judge of your faithfulness? Who is the judge of your faithfulness? Don't don't try to be like pastor and make your faith like my faith. Who is the judge of your faithfulness? At the end of the day, who is going to be the judge of whether you did all that you knew you were supposed to do? Right? The one thing I do know is you can't tell me you love Jesus and you don't have any convictions. You can't tell me you love Jesus and Jesus ain't never whooping your behind because you done did something wrong. You can't tell me you love Jesus and he ain't never making you feel bad about how you talk to somebody. He ain't making you feel bad because you fussed at your child for no reason. He ain't making you feel bad because you mistreated your spouse. You can't tell me you love Jesus and he ain't whooping you. Because I just read to y'all in Hebrews, he whips, he chastens. He corrects those whom he loves. So I'm trying to figure out how is so many perfect people in the world that say they love Jesus. So I'm going to end. I'm going to end with this. This is Luke 6, 44 and 45. This This goes with the question of who is the judge of your faithfulness. Luke 6, 44 and 45. Every tree is known by the fruit it bears. You do not pick figs from thorn bushes or gather grapes 
from bramble bushes. A good person brings good out of the treasure of good things in his heart. A bad person brings bad out of the treasures of bad things. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. We make this thing so complicated, right? We don't want to pass judgment on folks. The Bible tells us to judge the spirit by the spirit. I ain't going to mistreat you because you nasty. I just ain't going to fool with you. I'm not going to go out of my way to do you evil, but when I see your fruit, right? I'm not, I'm not going to go talk about you. And you know such and such. They dirty. They nasty. I'm not going to go talk about you. I'm not going to go gossip. I'm not going to try to set you up with your, on your boss and tell all your business. I'm personally, I'm just not going to fool with you. That's not judgment. That's wisdom. Judgment is if, is if I said you're going to hell. That's judgment. Wisdom says I just can't, I can't fool with you. You don't have no convictions. I, I don't know. What you, I, I hear what you're saying, but your DNA, your, your, that ain't Jesus' DNA. I can't, I can't tell who you are. You're saying one thing, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That last verse says, for the mouth speaks what the heart is. You're saying one thing, but now you over here doing this? Right? And so I want to, I want to, I want to, the last thing I'm going to say is this. You know, the name of this series is Family Matters. And so it's twofold. So when I say family matters, I'm talking about like family issues. We all have. We all have. Right. And then the second way I'm using it is family matters. I mean, family is important. It matters. It's important. Who you belong to, your DNA is important. And so this whole series, here's a summary of the series and why, you know, we all have these family issues. When we started out talking about how Jesus was born into this family, like he's born and from the time he comes out, he's on the run for his life. And how he was tempted and just things happening, right? So we all are in this place like that we were not meant to stay in forever. So we all got these issues in our family. But the way through that is, what family are you a part of? If you are part of the family of God, then all of those things will work out. So as we've gone through this series, Jesus in, the, in Matthew chapter 1, Jesus starts out as a notion. You might not know him today. You might just be an idea. You might be totally confused about who Jesus is when people talk about him. He starts out as a notion, right? I would encourage you to just take one step toward Even if you don't have to, you ain't going to understand everything. It ain't going to all make sense from the beginning, but I encourage you to just take one step towards him, right? And then when you take one step towards him, don't think that everything is going to automatically get better. As a matter of fact, when we get to Matthew chapter 2, that's when Herod was trying to kill Jesus. Whenever God plants a seed in your life and he's trying to draw you closer to him, Satan would rather, we talked about this a couple of Sundays ago, Satan would rather kill it in its infancy than to allow Jesus to grow up and become powerful in your life and become your savior. So he want to try to, when you, you know, you're trying to get it together, 
Satan want to take it from you when it's still an infant, when it's still a baby. And by the time we get to chapter 3, we see a mature Jesus. We see Jesus coming. He's ready to start his ministry. He's getting ready to be baptized. Right? The word says that a dove comes and descends on him, and, and a voice from heaven says, this is my, my son, whom I'm well pleased. And, just, and Jesus goes out, and he gets ready to start. He's ready to walk with God. I'm ready to walk for you. I'm taking you I'm, I'm trying to take you through what it's like when you first come to know him. You start like, I'm on fire for him, ready to do, but it does not get easier. Fourth chapter, Jesus don't go out there and just start making moves and start a mega church. Fourth chapter, he goes to the he goes to the wilderness. And he's tempted of the devil for 40 days and 40 nights. And I hope y'all see the theme. This, go, this is going back to God chancing who he loves. And God is not allowing Jesus to go through all of this for a reason. God is building God the Father is building Jesus' character. Because I need you to understand, you won't be able to accomplish what God has called for you to do in your life if you've never been through nothing. Amen. Your testimony ain't your testimony ain't powerful if you ain't never been through nothing. And I want to be clear when I say you ain't never been through nothing. I ain't saying you have to grow up in the hood and be gang banging and drugs and mama. I'm not saying that. But all of us, right? All of us go through some. Maybe it was your parents got a divorce. Maybe you got one parent, you both parents in the house, but one of them an alcoholic. Maybe you got a sister who was just crazy. Whatever it is, all of us got issues. That's the family matters. All of us have issues. So you go like so. So God is building. God the Father is building Jesus's character in the ter- in in the in the wilderness. But what we've learned is that even through that, the word says that at the end of that, angels came and ministered to him and fed him. It lets us know that he is always there. And so by the time we get to the fifth chapter, I want y'all to know that ultimately God is Savior. All of these things that's happening in the world when you turn on the news, all of these things that are happening in your personal life, God is trying to get your attention. His word is the first thing that points you to him. But just like I said, the word part is not enough. Because once you see all of the things that's wrong, there's going to be no way that you can try to fix that by yourself. You're going to become over when you cut it on the news or when you talk to mama or grandmama and they get on the phone and tell you everything that's going on in your own and your family. Your initial reaction is going to be to retreat. You're going to want to help and you're going to want to fix it. But you're going to feel powerless to. And generally what we do is we retreat or we go to Target or we get on Amazon or we go get the blunt or we go get the drink or we go out to eat or we go, y'all name it, whatever, whatever your vice is. That's our first reaction to what we're facing when really our reaction should be, let me lean in a little bit more on Jesus. Let me lean in a little bit more on Jesus. And when we and when we when we do that retreat thing and we start doing all the stuff that we know that we're not we're not supposed to, and then things start going wrong, that's not because God is just so angry at us. That's because He's trying to correct us and turn us around so that we would get to the point where we can lean in. Amen. Amen. I hope all that made sense. I don't know where I was. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Y'all come on and give the Lord a hand. Hallelujah. I thank God for his word.
and man, I was locked in. I didn't even know who was in there. About 20 minutes in, I started looking at faces. Hallelujah. DNA. Who you belong to matters. It should show that you love Jesus. It should show. It should show. Amen. A tree is known by the fruit that it bears. Desire anything from the Lord, y'all can make your way to the altar. 